Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. But what I want to do is I want to start this episode with, of course, acknowledgement. Uh, last episode, when it dropped, after the episode dropped, unfortunately, we heard the unfortunate news of uh, Dwayne Haskins, who tragically passed away uh, at the very young age. I think he was like 25, 24, 25. Um, it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. Uh, he was a standout at Ohio State. He's from the crib. He's from uh, the Maryland, D.C. area. He played for the Washington football team. He was playing for, or he then moved to the, played back up for Pittsburgh. Um, the one thing, man, I can't, you can't question God's work. Uh, you can't question God's timing. One thing that I will say and that I do love about this whole situation is the the thing that I don't like and the thing that kind of fresh the thing that kind of yeah, I'll say frustrates me is when people pass or when people are at their lowest point and people find a way to highlight their lowest lowest moments or highlight their lowlights. You know what I mean? Like it's not the time for that. But what I do like is every story that you've heard of Dwayne Haskins. Every single story. You've heard how much of a good person he is and or he was i'm sorry um from from his former college players to washington football players to uh, or washington commander players to pittsburgh steelers players he was a good he was a good dude from what it sounded like and i didn't know him personally clearly of course but you know i do want to start my episode with uh Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, and uh, it was, that was a tough one. That was a tough one because they, I mean, he was younger than me. So that's tough. That's tough. But but rest in peace, uh, Dwayne Haskins. I'll, I'll do a moment of silence for you. All right, so let's move forward. Um, the NBA season, regular season at least, is over. And last episode, I gave my all-NBA teams, my first team, second team, third team. What I want to do this episode, of course, give my awards, give my MVP, give my most improved, give my rookie of the year. I want, I wanted to highlight some of the best of the best this year. And it's funny because this year was a lot different than 
any other year. You every single every single um category was I think except for probably six man of the year. Six man of the year was kind of locked up. Every single award or every single category, you you can have an argument, and we and I'll, I'll discuss it. So let's start with the easiest one, in my opinion. Let's start with the six man of the year. To me, there's been no other six man, uh, or there's been no other player that has been as instrumental, as important, as good in their role as a sixth man as Tyler Euro was for the Miami Heat. Miami Heat are currently number one in the East. Now, I'm not saying it's solely because of Tyler Euro, but the I think he averaged like 17, 18 points coming off the bench. He's been incredible, especially since we saw when, especially coming off of what Tyler Euro looked like last year. Um, not saying he was bad last year, but he wasn't this. Tyler Euro has been incredible. Now, while I think that Again, this 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 to me is the easiest category because there hasn't really been another person that you can kind of justify being the sixth man. Um, so, in my opinion, the sixth man of the year goes to Tyler Euro. That's that is the only clear cut category in my opinion. Let's talk about one. Let's 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 move on to the the rookie of the year. And the rookie of the year, in my opinion, is. It's a three-man race, but this three-man race is crazy. And in my opinion, it is either Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, or or Kay Cunningham. If you look at Evan Mobley's numbers, averaging 15 points a game, eight rebounds, three assists. Scotty Barnes, 15 points a game, eight rebounds, four assists. Cade Cunningham, 17 points a game, five or six rebounds, six assists. When, in my opinion, when it's so close, why do I keep saying in my opinion? This is my podcast. <laughs> when you look at these players and and when the numbers, when the stats are kind of as close as they are now, you have to look at team winning and you have to you have to look at other 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 things that could possibly, you know, sway your vote. In my opinion, why do I keep saying that? <laughs> when when Evan Mo when when the stats with for Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, and Kay Cunningham are so close, then I look at this. I look at the winning. I look at who has impacted their team. Well, first, whose team is winning, and who's impacted their team most as far as their contribution on the floor is a direct contribution to winning. So that's why I take Cade Cunningham out of it. Even though he's had an incredible season, he he really came on at the end of the season, especially after All-Star break. But all in all, again, you averaging 17 points a game for a Detroit business team, you know, it's 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 good. 17 5.5 and 5.6, so I round up 17 6 and 6. It it was it was tough. But they just, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, Clay. It's the Pistons, I understand, but they didn't make the playoffs. So my, so I think it's between either, either Evan Mobley or Scotty Barnes. And mm, I'm going to have to give it to Scotty Barnes. I'm going to have to give it to Scotty Barnes. One, because the Toronto Raptors finished above the Cleveland Cavaliers and you can and and Scotty Barnes's imprint or yeah Scotty Barnes imprint on the on the 
Toronto Raptors has been like you you can see it. You can see it. He's he's their best defender right now. Yes, you have uh Scott uh Pascal Siakam, you have Fred Van Vliet, but Scotty Barnes is their best defender and he's a rookie. So and I think they finished what? They're in the fifth seed. I think they're the fifth seed in the East, uh, which which is is a gauntlet of a of a of of a playoffs if you look at it right now. So because of the win, and, and again, Evan Mobley has been great though. Evan Mobley has been the. I mean, who nobody would have thought that the Cavaliers would even be in the plan, let alone you know, let alone have a chance to be in the playoffs, especially after losing Colin Sexton, but. Evan Mobley's defense, his offensive, you know, offensive round the rim, his his ability to stretch the floor, he's been great. But I'm gonna have to give it to Scotty Barnes because again, when the the when the category or when the race is that tight, as far as if you look at the stats, if the race is that tight, you know, both averaging 15, both averaging nearly eight, well, pretty much eight rebounds a game, both averaging, well. Scotty Barnes averaging four four assists, uh, Evan Mobley averaging three. When it's that close, then I have to I have to look at the team success and and because of that, I'm picking Scotty Barnes as my rookie of the year. In my and that's just that's just me. <laughs> Let's go to a uh, coach of the year. And coach of the year was 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 tough for. Let me just let me just talk about coach of the year. So to me, there's there's two clear cut front runners that a lot of people would say are front runners, which is Monty Williams from the Phoenix Suns and Taylor Jenkins from the or Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies. But there's there there's a lot of coaches that you can say. There's a lot of coaches and honestly, Taylor Jenkins and Monty Williams, why I love Monty Williams and I think that he was snubbed last year for the coach of the year. I don't think he's the coach of the year. I think he has the best team, don't get me wrong. I think the Suns are the best team in the league by far this this season. I think that what Taylor Jenkins is doing for the Memphis Grizzlies and having them the second overall seed in the in the NBA, which nobody saw coming, especially when you look at the age that they that the whole team, I think their average age is like 24. Taylor Jenkins has been incredible, but he's not my coach of the year. And that and to, that's that shows you how wide it is. I mean, you can even look at uh, Ime Adoku, uh, or Doku, I'm sorry. The, what the Boston Celtics look like in the beginning of the year compared to what they look like right now at the two seed, there's no way that you would have thought that, yeah, that's this. The team looked dead. The team looked dead early in the season, and then they adapt or they, they, they adapted. Adoka's or Udoka's defensive mentality, and now they're arguably the best defense in the league. But he's not my coach of the year. And that just shows you how good of a year it was in coaching. So who is my coach of the year, you ask? To me, and this isn't a disrespect to anybody I just said. This isn't a disrespect to anybody. This is just truth. In the NBA, there are some coaching jobs that are easier than others. Let's let's just let's just let's just get that out the way now. The job that some coaches have 
compared to what other coaches have is drastically different. It's, it's, I'm not a coach, clearly. <laughs> I wouldn't know. But I would think it's easier coaching two superstars than it is coaching kid or a young team like the Rockets. I would think it's easier coaching a team that has two top two or three top seventy five players compared to a team that's struggling or that struggles or or that has a lot of youth like the like the like the Grizzlies and, T- and Taylor Jenkins. Also, when you look at coaching, I look at what happened that was unexpected that you triumphed over. What was something that nobody that when it happened, it should have derailed your season or your 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 season should not have gone as successfully as it went because of said event. And how did you how did you triumph over it? When we got the news that Kawhi Leonard was not we pretty much knew he wasn't going to play this year. I know there's reports saying that there's hopes that he comes back. Okay. Kawhi Leonard has never come back early. But Kawhi Leonard hasn't played all year. And then on top of that, Paul George goes out for majority of the season with, I think, a, something in his hand or something in his elbow or something, like a tendon or something. You, Ty Lue lost his two top players. The team is built around his two top players, and, and neither one of them was there for the majority of the season. And as we currently speak, now again, I'm recording this before the playing games, which are tonight, uh, but as we speak, the Clippers are in the play, they're the AFC playing in the plan for in the West against the Timberwolves. Ty Lue is my coach of the year. He's my coach of the year because not only did you lose in the NBA, the, the NBA is not like the NFL. You can lose a star wide receiver and still be good. You can lose a star running back while it will affect you. You can lose a star tight end and it'll be good. The NBA is so different because you you look at Golden State with or without Steph Curry. Yes, they're still good, but they're they look drastically different without Steph Curry. Look at the Lakers, and we'll talk about them a little later. Look at the Lakers without LeBron and AD. They're 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 arguably unwatchable. Oh, you know what? There was a stat that came out. When all three, when one of the three, when whether it was Russell, just Russell Westbrook, whether it was just LeBron James, whether it was just Anthony Davis, when one of the three played and the other two didn't, one of the three. Granted, these are three players that are top 75, have, were voted as top 75 players. When one of the three played and nobody else played or none of the other three played, they're 0-5. When two of the three played, I think they're like 11 and 20-something. So Ty Lue loses a former two-time finals MVP, a former, I think, two-time defensive player of the year, and, and, and Kawhi Leonard doesn't have him all season. 
then you lose a Paul George who can who is at at his best, especially in the regular season, a top 10, 15 player, arguably. And you still get the team to the A spot. Because of that. And they look good too. The Clippers looked really the Clippers look good. You have Reggie Jackson, you have Morris, you 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 got Norman Powell, you who missed a lot of the time, who missed some time too. Robert Covington missed some time too. You have all these Luke Kennard has been good. I I have Ty Lue because of the 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 cards that was dealt to him was not a winning hand after losing Kawhi Leonard after losing Paul George. Yet and still he has his team in the plane and has a good shot to make it out of the plane to the playoffs. Now, do I think that with them being the eighth seed, they have a chance against the the, the Phoenix Suns? No. <laughs> or the or the Memphis Grizzlies? No. Hell. There's no way that's going to happen, but do they have a chance to even beat the Golden State Warriors, in my opinion, with a healthy Steph Curry? No. Hell, maybe maybe not even with a healthy Steph Curry because Clay Thompson, we'll talk about it. But I have Ty Lue as my uh, coach of the year. And that's no disrespect to Monty Williams. He's been great have, you know, with the Phoenix Suns, who has a history, a recent history at least, of losing getting them to the best rank, and they are by far the best team in the league, in my opinion. Shouts out to Taylor Jenkins for having the the, the Grizzlies where they are. Shouts out to all of them, but I still have um, I still have uh, Ty Lue as my coach of the year. Defensive play of the year. Defensive play of the year, in my opinion, is, a, is my <laughs> – I keep saying, in my opinion – like this isn't my podcast. I keep saying that, and every time I like after I say it, I catch I catch myself like, damn, like what I keep saying it. But the defensive play of the year is a two man race, and that two man race is uh, Mikael Bridges from the Phoenix Suns and Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I'm gonna give it to Giannis. I'm gonna give it to Giannis because Giannis, in my <laughs> Giannis, affects more of the floor than than Mikael Bridges does. Mikael Bridges is a great on-ball defender. Shouts out for him. I think he hasn't missed a game since being in the league. So, shouts out to him. He is a great on-ball defender. He is long. He is linky. He is... Pause. <laughs> he is... He's a great on-ball defender. He's His instincts are incredible. He's a great help defender. He's a... He's, because of his length, he's able to affect shots in a way that a lot of people don't. And he has quick feet. He is a great defender. But when you look at Giannis, Giannis affects more of the floor. Giannis, you can you can switch Giannis on any position. And he 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 would be dominant. He's too big for guards. And he, as we've seen countless times, he has he can he can slide to the five and punish you defensively, meet you at the rim. That's why Giannis gets dunked on a lot. Giannis gets dunked on a lot because he always tries to go for the block. Now, if he gets it, it's an incredible block, as we saw in the finals against Andre Aiden or DeAndre Aiden. If he misses the block, he gets dunked on viciously, like we've seen, I think, against Jared Allen when they played the the Cleveland Cavaliers. It happens, especially when you go for, especially when you go for the block every single time. 
and I just think I, I, with Giannis, man, Giannis has been incredible. And Giannis is arguably Giannis is arguably the best player in the league. And be and that is mostly because of his he is a top player in both offense and defense. And while Mikel Bridges is great and he, he I think is gonna finish second probably in MV or defensive player of the year, I'm gonna give it to Giannis. So to recap, I have my sixth man the well, let's let's yep, yeah, sixth man of the year is Tyler Euro. Rookie of the year, I have Scotty Barnes. Coach of the year, I have Ty Lue. Defensive player of the year, I have Giannis. Now let's go to most improved. I realize, you realize quick that people, voters, the league has agendas sometimes. A lot of times, most times. Sometimes it's a positive agenda. Sometimes it's not so positive. Sometimes it's a one-way agenda, only specific for one person, only benefits one person, or it's an agenda that affects everybody. When you look at the most improved, people are saying that it's a three-person race. Jordan Poole, Miles Bridges from the Charlotte Hornets, and John Morant. Let me let me let me hone in on the John Morant uh John Morant inclusion. John Morant is a player that unlike any player that we've seen before. No, let me not say that. John Morant is in is an incredible talent. There's no way <laughs> There's no way around that one. John Morant is an incredible talent. John Morant, his athleticism, his defense now for his height, he's 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 a he's a one of a kind player. And I understand that when you look at the numbers, he has improved from last year to this year. But because a lot of people are putting him in the MVP conversation, and I don't think that he's going to win MVP, I think they're trying, a lot of people want to try to put him in a different conversation because they want him to win something. They look at this season, they look at the season that the Grizzlies are having, and they want to justify it with something. So if they say, hey, let's let's, we don't think, we know that John Moran's not going to win MVP, even though he's in the MVP discussion. We don't know if the Memphis Grizzlies are going to win a championship because of how tough the West is. You know, when we talk about the Suns and we talk about the Warriors, hell, even if they do find a way to make it to the NBA Finals, maybe have to go against the Bucks, the Heat. Who knows? It's tough. Especially being I think the young if they do win they would be the youngest team in NBA history to win an NBA championship so a lot of people do not want they don't want to they don't want this season to go to waste and when I say to waste while yes the records will still be there they don't want Memphis the Memphis Grizzlies to not be recognized for anything so because of that you see they put players in categories that they probably shouldn't be in 
John Morant should not be in the most improved player category. Especially if you're MVP, if you're an MVP candidate and you had a good season last year. You just you know, fell short. Not to mention the fact that I think the team is like 20 and 3 or 20 and 2 without him. Not saying that they're better without him. I'm just saying it is with the Memphis Grizzlies, while they are led by John Morant, while they cannot win without John Morant, the team is – they cannot win a championship. Let me not say they can't win. They cannot win a championship without John Morant. They're incredible. The, 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 the team is incredible. So, no, John Morant, in my opinion, should not be in the NBA, well, most improved player conversation. So that leaves – Miles Bridges and Jordan Poole. Miles Bridges is a high Miles Bridges reminds me of a poor man's, and this is no I know I'm gonna say poor man, so it's no disrespect to Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is a reminds me of a poor man's Dominique Wilkins. As far as the highlight reel dunks, his ability to play above the rim. Miles Bridges is great. And Miles Bridges has improved offensively. I mean, we've seen multiple 30-point games from him this year. We've seen games where, you know, LaMelo Ball hasn't had it. Kelly Oubre is doing whatever he's doing. And the reason why they have won is because of Miles Bridges' scoring input, which is something that we really can't say happened last year. But he was he was solid last year. And that's something that, he was good last year. He was he was really good last year. In fact, let me let me look at something real quick. What I want to do is I want to see his numbers compared from this year to last year. Last this man, we played eighty eight games. This year. I mean, eighty games this year. Look at you, brother. Last year, Miles Bridges. Averaged 12.7 points a game. So pretty much 13 points a game. This year he averages 20. Last year he averaged 6 points or 4.6. Wait, what in the world? He averaged, um, give me a second. He averaged 6 rebounds. Now he averages 7. Last year he averaged 2 assists. Now he averaged pretty much 4. So Miles Bridges has improved. And I mean, again, right now he's averaging 20. Seven and four. Miles Bridges has been incredible. Now let's look at Jordan Poole's. Uh, Jordan Poole's input from this year to last year, or last year to this year. Jordan Poole averaging 19 points a game, three, three rebounds, and four assists. Last year, he averaged 12. Now it's 19. He averaged two assists. Now it's four. He averaged two rebounds. Now it's three. This is a close race, in my opinion. And the way that I picked who should be most improved for me was I looked at what were the expectations of both players. 
in turn, and in turn, what did we get from said expect or what did we get from said players? Miles Bridges coming into this season was always going to have more opportunity than Jordan or should was always going to have more opportunity than Jordan Poole. You're playing alongside Lonzo or LaMelo Ball. You play more minutes than I mean you're 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 a starter. <laughs> you're you're a permanent starter. And while we didn't expect 20, we expected increase because, I mean, you're another year. Then they're asking more of you. They expect more of you because or with the pairing of LaMelo Ball and the success or the, the you know, kind of the success that we saw last year for from Charlotte. When you look at Jordan Poole, nothing was really expected from him. In fact, a lot of people were saying that the reason why Golden State was probably not going to be good this year was because they were waiting for Klay Thompson, they were waiting for James Wiseman, and they had a lot of youth on the team. When we look at Jordan Poole, when we look at Jonathan Kaminga, when we look at uh, Moody, when we look at players like that, hell, Andrew Wiggins is still young. Golden State was not expected to be they were expected to be good because you still had, you know, Steph Curry, you still had Draymond Green until the back injury happened. But they weren't expected to be nothing. And a lot of that is because they were people were looking at Jordan Poole and saying, well, he's good, but we weren't expecting that leap. When you look today, Jordan Poole has been incredible. Now, a lot of that is due to the fact that he had to start because of, you know, Clay Thompson not coming back until, you know, towards the middle of the season. Jordan Poole has been Jordan Poole's impact goes deeper than the numbers. He before when Steph Curry didn't play or when Steph Curry was on the bench, the teams just the team plummeted. And while no, Jordan Poole was not on the same level as Steph the team still looks different with or without Steph Curry. It's not as bad because of the play of Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole has had some, I think he's had like, Jordan Poole has done his thing, man. And my most improved player this year goes to Jordan Poole because I expected, well, no, I didn't expect Miles Bridges to be averaging 20 points a game. I expected an increase from him similar to what we're seeing because of more time you're a starter you're playing with a point guard that is pass happy I expected that Jordan Poole I didn't expect much I expected Golden State to struggle honestly until they got Clay until they got James Wiseman which isn't happening this year so I have Jordan Poole as my most improved player I just think he's improved he has improved light years of what I thought he would so before we get to the MVP, again, Rookie of the Year, I have Scotty Barnes. Sixth Man, I have Tyler Euro. Coach of the Year, I have Ty Lue. Defensive Player of the Year, I have Giannis, which would be what? Isn't that, that would be Giannis' second Defensive Player of the Year, I think. Second consecutive Defensive Player of the Year, actually. And most improved, I have Jordan Poole. Now we get to the big award. And the the hardest award, and I say the hardest award because 
somebody will get snubbed. And some somebody will who will lose that deserves to win. Now, somebody that wins, of course, deserves to win, but somebody that loses deserves to win, and they just won't because somebody, you know, they just not, they're just not going to win. And there are so many names. I talked about this maybe a couple episodes previous. There's a couple names that you can throw in here. You can throw in a John Moran. You can throw in a Devin Booker. You can throw in a uh, Jason Tatum. You can throw in a Kevin Durant. You can throw in a Steph Curry. You can throw in a Luka Doncic. It's <laughs> it's gonna be this this race. There's there's a legit there's an argument for at least six people. Now there are three, the ones that you Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Jokic that are leaps and bounds above the rest. But if you woke up today or we woke up tomorrow and heard that Jason Tatum won the MVP. You'd be like, how did Jason Taylor win the MVP? And then you look, oh well, when you look at how the, you know, Boston Celtics looked in the beginning of the year to the end, and Jason Tatum has been actually his game has increased in season. I understand that. If you woke up and saw that Devin Booker won MVP, you'd be like, how the hell did Devin Booker well, the Phoenix Suns are the number one team in the league by a wide margin. And they did miss Chris Paul for a good portion of the uh, of the end of the season and they still were, were beating people and Devin Booker has been great oh I get it if you look if you woke up and and, and heard and John Morant won MVP how did John Morant well 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 nobody expected the Memphis Grizzlies to be you know second in the league and while yeah the Grizzlies are like 20 and 2 without him Everybody knows that they're not winning a championship without him. So I, I can understand it. Hell, you can, if you look and said, damn, if you look, woke up and, and, and heard, damn, Luca won MVP? How did Luca win MVP? Well, well, if you look at the roster, there's no reason why the Mavericks should be fourth at all, even after, especially after losing, you know, or trading away. Christos Porzingis and again the roster injuries too when, you, when we talk about uh, Max Cleveland when we talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. but Luca has been incredible and he got them to the fourth overall seed yeah I understand I understand hell you can even say if you wake up tomorrow and say wait Steph Curry won the MVP wait what well well Golden State is fourth or third in the West. Steph Curry did, you know, break the three-point record. Okay. They did miss some time, but he played, what, 64 games, I think, out of 82. Hmm. Golden State does look drastically better with or without him. Not as bad as it's been in past years, but there's a reason why people still revere Steph Curry as you know, one of the best players in the league. So I get it. That shows you how good this year has been. There's arguments for multiple people. But there's to me, it's a three-headed man, three race. It's Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. Let's start with why Giannis could win. Well, first and foremost, 
Giannis is arguably the best player in the league. I'll, and I'll, if you if you ask a lot of people, he's the best player in the league because he's he's arguably the best defender. He's one of the be- He's one of the most unstoppable players in the league. He he's improved his shot. He has the Milwaukee Bucks third in the in the East. They don't look like they losing any to anybody in the West or East anytime soon. It just they just Giannis has been incredible. Giannis will go, Giannis if you look, I think he's like top ten in almost every category as far as points, averaging thirty points a game. I think uh, rebounds, blocks. It Giannis has just been that good. And and people people are starting to take Giannis's greatness for grant like greatness as oh I mean it's just Giannis but then the things that we're seeing Giannis doing is something I don't I don't think we've ever seen before not even now I'm not saying that he's better than LeBron like totality wise but he's doing things that we've never seen LeBron do especially on the defensive side of the ball. So that's why Giannis could win. Why could Joel Embiid win? Well, he's the first international player ever in the NBA to uh, lead the league in scoring for a season. He's the first center since Shaq to lead the league in scoring. The first center to lead the league in scoring while averaging 30 points a game since Moses Malone did it. The Philadelphia 76ers went through a lot this year when we talk about Ben Simmons, when we talk about injuries, when we talk about the trade for James Harden and the fact that James Harden hasn't really played his best recently. Yet, Joel Embiid has been consistent all year. Joel Embiid is arguably the best center in the league. And his numbers... Back back that up. Again, the first foreign player, inter, international player, to lead the league in scoring ever. And the first player since Moses Malone to average 30 points, a, a center, I'm sorry, the first center since Moses Malone to average 30 points a game. He's in. He's he's been incredible. That's why Joel Embiid could lose. I mean, could win. Why can Nikola Jokic win? Nikola Jokic is arguable. Actually, it's really not that arguable. He's played with the least amount of talent when we talk about Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. Well, yes, you can say Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon has been inconsistent, especially when you look at the beginning of the year. Nikola Jokic does things that we have never seen. I mean, he's the first player in NBA history to have 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in one season. And he's a center. And all three of these players are record breakers. I mean, again, Giannis will probably be one of actually honest might be the first foreign player since maybe Dirk 
Well, no, not even. Giannis will be probably the first foreign player that can honestly say is the best player in the world. I know you had Akeem Olajuwon, uh, but then you still had. I mean, there's still an argument. You saw like Young Shaq. You saw Jordan. Even though Akeem did win those two championships when Jordan was out, but hmm. yeah, Giannis is probably gonna go down as the as the first international player that you can honestly say is the best player in the in the league currently. Joel Embiid can go down as arguably one of the best scoring bigs the league has ever seen. And that is in a league with Hakeem Olajuwon. That's in a league with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's in a league with Wilt Chamberlain. That's in a league with, or that had Shaq. Now, I'm not saying he's better than them currently. What I'm saying is his, Joel Embiid has been incredible. Again, the first international player to, to lead the league in scoring. And he is a center. And then Nikola Jokic, man. To be that big and have such good guard skills is something that he, man. So, so the question is, who do I have winning the MVP? Because this race is so tight, you can't really go on the wins. Because Milwaukee Bucks, their second this, the Phoenix or the Philadelphia 76ers, their third in Jokic. I think they're sixth in the in the West. A West that is loaded. The East is loaded too. Let me not disrespect the East, but I this I've I've gone back and forth uh for a while. But with me going back and forth, I've kind of been I've kind of hit the same I've I've kind of hit the same person every time. My MVP is Nikola Jokic. My MVP, well, one, the whole 2,000, 1,500 thing just is the icing on the cake. But I look at kind of the same way I look at Ty Lue winning the winning the coach of the year, in my opinion. You are playing without your best, your arguably your best score in or person that can go get their own bucket and well you're, you're losing your best score in jamal murray hasn't played all year won't play all year you're losing your second best score in michael porter jr so you're even with all that players coming in out the lineups players not really living up to what they're or not really stepping up to the plate as far as having to play better. And you've still had this team, not only sixth, but you're putting up numbers because you have to put up those numbers. Because don't get me wrong. The Denver Denver Nuggets are going nowhere without Nikola Jokic. Nowhere. I don't care if Steph Curry plays or not. If Nikola Jokic is not playing in the first round of the playoffs, they're getting they're not in the first round of the playoffs. That is the Denver Nuggets. This Nikola Jokic is so good, right? They they have a chance. Now, of course, it also depends on Steph Curry, but 
they can beat Golden State first round. We'll talk about it a tad bit later uh, with the playoff predictions, but yeah, they could because no one on Golden State, no one on in the West has an answer for Nikola Jokic. Now, for people that was, well, DeAndre Ayton did it last year. Okay. Or was it the fact that he was the only player on the floor? So, I have Nikola Jokic winning the MVP. I just think he's he's had to do more with less. Because don't get me wrong, Joel Embiid hasn't had Ben Simmons all year, but he still had Seth Curry before he was traded. He still had Matisse Thimble who can possibly or probably will land on one of the all-defensive teams. You still have Tobias Harris, which a lot of people, including myself, like to give Tobias Harris crap, but he's, he's a good option. He's not a number one option. I don't even think he's a number two option at this point, but he's a really good number three option. And now you have James Harden. And Giannis, I mean, the Bucks as a whole is great. So I have Nicole Oaks winning the MVP. Those are my awards. Who do you think I left out? Who do you think should win any of these awards? Let me know. Uh, Again, I don't. (laughs) Yes, LeBron James has been incredible, but I don't think he should win MVP, especially when we look at how the Lakers finished. Uh, I don't. Yeah, those are my those are my winners. Let me know how you think, how you feel. So moving forward uh, again, I'm. While I'm recording this, this is before the playing games, so I don't know who made out the playing. Uh, if I can predict, if you look at the West, the plans are the Pelicans, the San Sacramento Kings, Sacramento, the San Antonio Kings, San Antonio. Yeah, what? <laughs> oh Jesus! You have the New Orleans Pelicans at nine, the San Antonio Spurs at ten. I'm just going to go out of limb and say that the San Antonio Spurs beat the Pelicans because the Pelicans have looked bad this last few games. And then you have Minnesota at seven going against the Clippers at eight. Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota because they have, they arguably, mm, mm. Actually, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Clippers. I'm gonna go with the Clippers. That means that the that means that the San Antonio Spurs and the Minnesota Timberwolves will be playing. I have the Timberwolves winning that. So the first round, I have Phoenix Suns and Timberwolves, and I have the Clippers and Memphis. So in the in the West, in my opinion, it's a three three headed monster three team race. It is Phoenix. It is Golden State and it is Memphis, not in that order. Well, outside of Memphis being, oh no, outside of Phoenix being number one. I do think that we do need to see the severity of Nikola Jokic, no, uh, Luka Doncic's calf strain, because as we've seen, it can either be you don't really play with calf strains because it could it, it could it could be tough. And that, in my opinion, decides who wins between Utah and Dallas because kind of like Denver, I don't think that the team has a shot without their best. I don't think that Dallas has a shot without Luka Doncic. And and Denver, for sure, does not have a shot without Jokic. (laughs) Golden State is a tough one for me. It's a tough one because we need to see how good Steph Curry is. 
if Steph Curry comes back from the ligament strain and he looks bad, then Denver can very well win this win this matchup. If he comes back and looks incredible and Jordan Poole still looks good and, and looks like Klay Thompson kind of got his feet back, looks like Draymond Green's playing a lot better, Andrew Wiggins is playing decent, uh, they have a chance to make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. And honestly, it they could beat the Phoenix Suns. Again, it's, it's, it's a two-man race, in my opinion, in the West. Or a three-man race, I'm sorry. Phoenix, Memphis, and Golden State. When Golden State is healthy. Now, again, we, that that's all based on Seth, Steph Curry at this point. So, that's the West. In the East, you have Brooklyn and Cleveland in the play-in. I have Brooklyn. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I have Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Then in the 9-10, you have Atlanta Hawks and Charlotte. I have Atlanta. That means that Cleveland and Atlanta will be playing. And due to their size, I'm going to go with Cleveland. So I have Cleveland going against the Heat. I have Brooklyn going against Boston. Yeah. <laughs> to me, this is... I don't see... There's I don't. I don't see a way that... Uh, Cleveland upsets Miami. I don't. I don't see that at all. I don't really. See, oh, I guess my spoiler alert. I think the 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 Milwaukee Bucks are going to sweep the Bulls. I just don't think the Bulls. The Bulls have not been good all year against top talent. Yes, they're forty six and thirty six, but they have done what they're supposed to do, and that's feast on the lower level teams. Like they're not. No, Milwaukee is gonna boat race them and philly has a very tough matchup with toronto especially seeing how matisse steinbel who was not vaccinated is not allowed which is crazy is not allowed or will not be permitted to play in toronto which is huge it there's nobody that has more pressure in my opinion in these playoffs than james harden because of you know how the exit went with Houston and then how the exit went with not just that how the exit went with Houston and the fact that James Harden wasn't right last year in the playoffs and you can say that that's a big reason due to his injury due to injury that was a big reason why Brooklyn didn't make it past Milwaukee and of course Kyrie Irving wasn't there so yeah yeah now, it's very interesting. The two and the seven, which, or two and the seven, which I think will be Boston and Brooklyn. Brooklyn, let's, man. Boston has been incredible. Brooklyn has two players that can go nuclear on you, clearly. You have Kyrie Irving, you have Kevin Durant. That can go nuclear. Both can go for 50 easily. Both can go for 60 easily. Outside of that, though. You have Seth Curry, who's good. Andre Drummond, who's all right. That's it. <laughs> Petty Mills is cool. They, a lot of people are saying that they, you know, reports are saying that Ben Simmons can come back as soon as round one. Ben Simmons, for people that don't remember, Ben Simmons' camp said that he was out, at least when he was with Philly, because of mental health issues. 
and now it's the back issue. So let's just let's just throw away the back issue right now. Which, by the way, actually, let's not let's let's bring that back issue back. You have to get an epidural. The only time I hear about epidurals are pregnant women, and that's when they aren't able to like take the pain of the pregnancy and, and labor and stuff. So if a pregnant woman, if the only, and I'm not saying that's the only time, but that's the most often I hear about epidurals is pregnant women. When they, when the pain is just too severe during labor and you had to get that for your back, you expect this man, not only who's dealing with mental health issues, apparently, and has has to get epidural on his back. You expect that man to his first game back since last playoffs is this playoffs? Nah, I don't see it. And if he does come back, he I don't see him being effective. That's just me. But it's interesting. Boston is a better team, all in all. But Brooklyn has the two best players. Well, they have the best player. I can argue about Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving, but they have the best player, at least Brooklyn does, and Kevin Durant. So I can that could be a very that'll be a very interesting matchup. I do think that I don't think the injury to Robert Williams will affect Boston in the first round if they are able to beat Brooklyn. But once you once you move forward and you gotta go against Milwaukee, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the that that two seven matchup is gonna be interesting. I think that Hell, I don't. I just don't see either Boston or Brooklyn beating Milwaukee, honestly, due to the fact that both. Like, I don't see it. And then, of course, when, if, and when Brooklyn loses, we will talk about it on the show. As if, as in, is this a failed season? So that's just that. out of out of both team out of both conferences again. Phil, now we'll talk about it every episode when something happens of course in the playoffs we'll we'll definitely i'll definitely recap on everything that happens but in the west is a three-team race and in the east honestly in the east i can mm, mm, in the east and to me it's it's a one-team race because i don't see anybody beating milwaukee in four games especially Milwaukee is healthy I don't I don't see anybody in the east beating Milwaukee four times but we'll talk about it so let's move forward you know what I'm starting to learn I'm starting to learn that one of the hardest things for for some people is to be self-aware I didn't think it was that tough. I didn't think it was that challenging. But for some people, it is extremely hard to be self-aware. We've talked about this at nauseum these last two episodes, actually. Lakers didn't make the play-in. Didn't make the playoffs then. Didn't make the playoffs then. Didn't make the playoffs. Failed season. Fired Frank Vogel. Actually, they fired Frank Vogel after leaking leaking he will be fired to the press. 
So they leaked it first. Didn't tell him. Had to learn from a press conference that he was getting fired. Then learned that from the press conference. Didn't fire him till the next day, which is crazy. So I'm not going to, I'm not here at nauseum to place blame on anybody about the Lakers season. We've talked about it. I'm not here to uh, bash anybody. There's no need to do that. What I will say is that word or that, that two, those two words, self-aware. So with the season being over, the Los Angeles Lakers have exit interviews and exit, I guess, media availability. LeBron James was up there. He said he, said he had no clue that Frank Vogel was being fired. Okay. Um, all the players pretty much went up. And then Russell Westbrook went up. And Russell Westbrook took it upon himself to not only pretty much bash um, Frank Vogel, recently fired Frank Vogel, he also proceeded to pretty much say he doesn't understand how the season ended, how it ended, and he wasn't given a fair shot to be himself. Russell Westbrook, Russ, Russie, Brody. It wasn't Frank Vogel's fault. It wasn't LeBron's fault. It wasn't Anthony Davis' fault. It wasn't Rob Palenka's fault. It wasn't Jerry, uh, Jeannie Buss's fault. It was none of the none of the people I just listed above. Why you were missing layups, dunks. While you would shoot from the right side of the of the paint or right side of the of the free throw line and hit the corner of the backboard. I I still it still blows my mind how do you, people people that don't hoop, people that don't play basketball, do you understand how tough that is to hit the corner? Of the backboard while facing that side of the backboard? It wasn't none of those players, none of those coaches, none of those own none of the people in ownership that had you finish second in the league in turnovers. First by far on your team. It wasn't none of them that had your shot percentage go down again this year. Yo, there's, look. Did we think that Russell, we as basketball fans, as, as everybody outside of the Lakers organization, clearly, did we think that Russell Westbrook and LeBron James were going to work together? No. What we didn't exp- we we knew that was going to happen. We knew that it wasn't going to be the the perfect pairing. We knew that wasn't going to just mesh. What we did not expect 
was for Russell Westbrook to be god awful offensively, unwilling to change next to argue in a lot of people's eyes the greatest player of all time. He was unwilling to change. He was unwilling to not take shots that he can't take. He again, he finished second in the league, I believe, in turnovers. Second in turnovers. And I think the only reason why he didn't finish first is because he missed like the last two games of the season, I think. So. So, no. It's not. No. Yeah. It's. It's. Mm. All I'm saying, man, is uh, just be self-aware. Yeah, your relationship. And and he said, Russell Westbrook said that he's never had a bad relationship with a coach. Russell Westbrook's had two coaches. Yeah. He's had Scotty Bond or Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan. Oh, and now three coaches. And now uh, Frank Vogel. He's had two coaches, Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan, who have a notorious history of of allowing stuff to just happen and not saying nothing. The reason why he hasn't had a problem with his coaches is because they have not made held him accountable for playing reckless for playing wild for being for always being up there in turnovers See, they haven't because he's russell westbrook because he's an mvp can't or player because he's triple double because he's a top 75 player whatever they don't say nothing hell that's one of the biggest reasons why you heard the lakers tried to get scott brooks as an assistant coach so they can tame russell westbrook it's not taming russell westbrook it is not telling him the truth like, bro, Russell Westbrook is incredible. Russell Westbrook will go down as one of the best players the league has ever seen. That doesn't mean that Russell Westbrook is not terrible at shooting the ball. It doesn't mean that Russell Westbrook is not terrible at decision-making at times, i.e. some of the dumbest turnovers I've seen. Now, again, I know it seems like I'm up. I'm not. I know it's – I know – you know, I can hear the people clicking now. You never play in the NBA. Okay. Cool. I can hear I can hear people now. You 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 know you don't know how it is. Yo, f- hold up. Russell Westbrook finished Damn, Luca. Russell Westbrook. So these are all the Russell Westbrook, right? There's no, damn. I'm going to correct myself. He didn't finish second in, in turnovers. Luka Doncic averaged 4.5 turnovers a game. Trey Young averaged 4. James Harden averaged 4.4. Russell Westbrook. Give me a second. Russell Westbrook averaged 4. He's in the four club. It's just self-aware, man. 
I'm not saying that the Lakers season failures was on Russell Westbrook. But he for damn sure didn't make it better. And for your exit interview to pretty much target your comments at Frank Vogel, who, by the way, I don't think deserved to be fired, especially when you look at what the hell he was he was given to work with. I don't think he should have been fired, but I mean, he just 18 months ago, he won you a championship. So you're telling me that person is just drastically worse now? Okay. And this is also a coach that do I think Frank Frank Vogel is a great coach? No. Do I think he's a good coach? I think he's I he's always one of the top teams in defense, except for this year when he had none of his players. And even with even if he had all his players, like what what are you doing? Outside of Anthony Davis and maybe LeBron, what are you doing defensively? Who is your defensive who what's happening? No. So all I'm saying, Westbrook, is just be a little more self-aware, which I'm starting to realize that is a lot harder than than people than I give than I thought it would be. So that man said the Lakers never gave me a fair shot. You know, Lakers fans are funny, man. All I heard was Lakers never gave me a fair shot. And all of a sudden. All I started seeing was Russell Westbrook low light, the highlight tapes and stuff. Like, damn. That was like part five, part six of the season. Like, Jesus. So, lastly, before we go, man, I just want to congratulate um, all the women that were drafted in the WNBA draft, what, two days ago, Monday. Um, the Atlanta Dream selected what uh, Ryan Howard first. She is, I think, one of she's one of I think she's like the fourth, fourth first or fourth Kentucky player basketball fifth. She's the fifth I think Kentucky player ever to go get selected number one in a, in their sport. I know Carl Anthony Towns, uh, John Wall. Uh, there's a football player too. I forgot his name and um, Anthony Davis. So now it's Ryan Ryan Howard. So shouts out to her. Shouts out to all the women, man. Yo, I, I don't understand, yo. So the WNBA is three rounds. WNBA draft is three rounds. I don't want to end this on a gripe, but I have to. The WNBA is three rounds. Twelve teams in the WNBA. Meaning, if if you're good at math, which I, I like to think that I am, that's 36 picks. And the speed in which they were picking, yo, they would <laughs> they would pick somebody, walk to the side of the side of the um side of the stage, talk to Howie Rowe while Howie Rowe is talking to them. The commissioner's coming back for the next pick. My God, like they flying. So three rounds, 36 total picks. To put that into perspective, the NBA is two rounds, have 30 teams. That's 60 picks. The NFL is what, seven rounds, eight rounds, 30 picks, 30 teams, 32 teams. The WNBA is 12 teams. 
two, three rounds. And you telling me that you couldn't highlight every single player? Because I looked up. I'm like, wait. Who? Wait, what? How are we already on the four, the tenth pick in round three? I didn't hear or see none of these people. Their names just kept, you know, the <laughs> the name on the bottom of the ticker. The Indiana Fever's pick is in, or the Washington Mystics pick is in. Like, wait, are we gonna like highlight these people? You can't tell me that you crunch for time. That's 36, 36 young ladies are are their dreams are coming true and making it to the WNBA. You telling me that we only saw what a round full, maybe a round full. Well, not even that. We saw probably what 10, 15 young ladies, which by the way, they all look great. They all look great from the dresses to they're either wearing suits. Their families were looking great. They invited a whole bunch of people there and didn't really talk to all of them. Now I think about it. I don't know, man. It just it doesn't make sense, man. I, I just the WNBA, like I, I know I understand they're trying to like expand and trying to get better. But that's why don't you highlight some of the people how these women busted they asked to get here. And just now, yes, I know the the ultimate goal, of course, is to make it to the WNBA, but at least highlight them. Don't just don't don't just have Howie Rowe talking to Destiny Henderson. And while she's talking to Destiny Henderson, shouts out to Destiny Henderson, shouts out to Howie Rowe. While Howie Rowe is talking to Destiny, Destiny Henderson, three picks go by three. I'm like, wait, are we? Hold on. Are we gonna are we gonna hear about them? Hold on. Are we gonna are we gonna talk to them? Oh well, shoot, another wait, are we I, I know you're still talking to Destiny, which she looks great and she just won the national championship, but are, are we gonna talk are we gonna talk about the, the the young lady that just got drafted? Oh no? Oh okay. They did that all night. Bro, the last <laughs> the end of the the end of the show ceremony, whatever you want to call it, the draft. The end of the draft like showed the last it didn't even show like this pick is in it showed like the last five six picks in a row no it it didn't be like it was it was a graphic each one vertical you know they pick him boom 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 i'm like wait are we gonna hear any of them names we're just gonna read it okay okay i don't know man i'm not bashing the wnba because you know it's a wnba and there's some incredible women that play in the wnba also, we still trying to get Brittany Griner home, but y'all gotta do better, man. I gotta do better. Like you, it ain't. It can't be that hard to show thirty six picks, especially. And I know money wise is different, but especially when the NFL has an extra. The NFL, has, we see the NFL has highlights. For damn near everybody that gets drafted from the first round to the last pick. And we see those highlights. They talk about them ad nauseum. So. Oh, man. I don't know. Also, shout out to Shakira Austin for getting and uh, 
Oh damn, what's her, what's her name? Shakira Austin for getting drafted to the to the is it Wilson? Charlie Wilson? Shakira Austin and I believe Charlie Wilson. If I mess up your name, I apologize. But shouts out to YouTube for getting drafted to the Washington Mystics. Um Shakira Austin is actually from she went to Maryland. She did transfer to Old Miss, but she's from the DMV area. So shouts out to them for getting drafted. Shouts out to all the young women for getting drafted. Uh this the 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 rant or whatever the gripe or whatever isn't about you. It's about I just want I want the WNBA to highlight their product more than they do. And uh, for starters, you can show the entire draft. You know what I'm saying? So, but there you have it. That's been oh wait, <laughs> there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt. Hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers. The link is in the description below. It's getting hot out there. Go get your short sleeve shirts. Go get, just go get the Unpopular Podcast merch. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Whatever you want, I got you. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Any DSPs, rate, comment, like, share. I'm trying to get the algorithms going, and that's the only way I can do that is with you guys' help. I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. I'm in London. I like to go to shopping in the mall. Yeah. And shambles. Please quick talk, no rambles. Soon as they send they bread, I cancel. Ooh. I like to tangle, twisting and tangle, testing the angles. Up in the bank though, I got the singles. You with the same hoes, I like the bank roll. Brassy, brassy, brassy. He wanna fuck cause I'm icy. He never met no one like me. It's pretty funny how now they all like me. In it, this ain't rent Straight from the plane, I'm boarded. Maybe you can't afford it. I'm with my dogs and we out in shortage. Shortage, shortage, shortage You got a shortage on your funds And I got a long clip on my guns mm. Sounds like fun, I got no shortage I'm no bum, reach for my person You're done, reach for the purses Wearing designer, I'm in the future I got a future, I'm in a new truck I'm in a booth, yeah, drink a kombucha Singing with Smiley, speaking me highly Trying to go Kylie, I wake up finally Suffering silence, waking up violent Checking the finest, choosing the finest That's the environment, I'm at a timing I'm at a timex AP, ooh, I'm checking my timing ooh. Cleaning my watch, cleaning the top Cleaning my job, I got a job Kicking, 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 drop my Nike, Nike Very good check, they like me Man tell me he like me He wanna fuck me, very likely Yes <laughs> Can't even that's honor true. it, man. I think that's true. Yeah. I'm in London. I like to go and shop at the mall. Shop at the Prada. Shop at the store. Shop in the drop and stop at Dior. Louis Vuitton. Cover my toes. Throw my trousers. Look at my bricks. These are my tennis. Look at my shoes. Look at my shoes. Come hot socks and sandals. Men's outside in crocs and shambles. Please quick talk, no rambles. Soon as they send they bread, I cancel. I like to tangle, twisting and tangle, testing the angles. Up in the Absolutely. bank though, I got the singles. You with the same hoes, I like the bankroll. Uh, planes just landed. Heathrow, hop off the G4 standard. 
We see a up this Chico, we blow his top, now he's volcanic. Please don't panic over my lingo, both of my feet so planted. Go with and ring on my finger, but yet I'm still killing them single-handed. Drum on a gun like I'm Ringo, I'm in this bitch with no chain like I'm Django. We from the ends where they know that they can't go, she go both ways, so I'm tasting a rainbow. <laughs> Yummy, they got no more bread, they're crummy. The same way that Mella was staring at Bri is the way that I stare at the money. I'm ready to risk it, all if I lift it, bet I won't miss it. You a statistic, thought shit was sweet till we popped up and popped off the top of your mystic. I go ballistic, hopped out the drop, got the drop on the up, now I'm opportunistic. I like to shop in the district, copping this, copping that, I'm proper capitalistic. Dreamer, dreamer, running the game in my signature trainers. Balenciaga for joggers, I might just wear crops at the O2 Arena. Splendid, got no limits, should have a tank on my pendant. Blokes going broke trying to keep up with cold, but I make it back soon as I spend it. Made back tinted, excuse me, sir, but ain't that rented? I'm offended, straight cash for my benzes. We don't pay back interest, aim at fences. When I swing, pay respects and kiss my ring. Even Elizabeth said I'm king. Well, he's bloody well right, isn't he? Why would I choose between this one or that one when I know that I can have both? I laugh at these rappers for capping. I guess CIP ain't the only one out here with jokes. Mans don't want smoke. I just don't understand. I I don't even think they should be allowed to breathe the same air as him, if you ask me. I'm in London, I like to go and shop at the mall. Shop at the Prada, shop at the store. Shop in the drop and stop in Dior. 